going live in 3, 2, 1, cue. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to another season of Political Insights, 40 minutes of political knowledge. I am Haikar Rosli and I will be your host for this season 4. So stay tuned with us throughout this season as we will discuss and share and explain about any political issues and knowledge. Three weeks have passed since we started our semester online and now in fourth week. I hope that everyone is doing fine and will brace through acquiring knowledge and amidst the pandemic. Alright, guys, last year we all heard the term of Chinese virus, the origin of the pandemic and how it has sparked racism sentiments. But even a year after that, we can still see the after effect of that term. In this month, uh, six Asian people ha has been killed in Atlanta in the name of anti-Asian. And with these cases in mind, we are bringing a crucial topic for all of you, namely anti-Asian, the massacre of compassion. And to know more about this topic, let us welcome our invited guest, Dr. Shaza Shukri. All right, she is our, okay, she is our political science lecturer and specializing in comparative and identity politics. And welcome, Doctor. Thank you for joining us tonight. And how are you, Doctor? I'm good, Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Michael. Okay, Doctor. So, without further ado, let us start with our first session, first question, which is, Doctor, what is actually the meaning of anti-Asian sentiment about? The meaning, the story, can you tell with us? Okay, uh, thank you, Haikal, for the question. I, I guess for me, I would narrow down to the idea of sentiment that you mentioned. So when we say anti-Asian sentiment, it's more of like prejudices, biases, um, how people feel towards uh, Asians as an ethnic minority group in, in America. Um, but unfortunately, this sentiment, these feelings towards Asians, have now become larger, right? It has uh, gone into physical violence. So this is, uh, I guess what we're talking about tonight is unfortunate um, because Asians make up 6% of the 300 plus million Americans. So this is uh, the anti-Asian sentiment. So now guys, we understand that this, uh, this issue is a big problem. Maybe in Malaysia or in Asia country, we didn't face it as a big problem or a big issue. But it is a big problem for those for Asian people who stay in America or the uh, the countries that outside from the Asia. Like Dr. said, uh, there's a lot of violence happened towards them. Okay, Dr. For the second question, uh, what kind of violence was imposed by the anti-Asian on the Asian people? Before I answer that, if, if you may allow me, uh, I would like to add a little bit on what you said on um, this is something that we are seeing now, especially in America and, and, and Europe previously. But actually, we Asians, we can, um, we can see it around us as well. Uh, this kind of maybe not necessarily anti-Asians because we're all Asians, uh, but we do uh, have discriminations and prejudices against minority groups. Um, for example, if you look even at Malaysia and Singapore, maybe not minority groups, but when we talk about um, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, 
unfortunately we have uh, we have uh, these negative feelings towards immigrants didn't we last year we felt that immigrants were meaning that laborers workers they were the cause for the spike in covid-19 in malaysia and in singapore so I, I i believe that we in malaysia can definitely relate to to this issue so back to your question on what kind of of violence um, are we seeing now especially in america um, so there's no data that have been collected for a long period of time but the data that we have from last year uh, a majority up to almost 70 percent of this violence is uh, verbal harassment right which also include online harassment uh, people screaming on the streets uh, on the streets go back home go back to china things like that um, but like i said we're also seeing an increase in physical violence which i think is about 11 12 percent now so physical violence is more is clearer right they're, they're attacking um they're pushing people shoving people um, making them fall uh, in fact uh, uh, and a thai immigrant uh, died last month isn't it an 87 year old um, immigrant because of this kind of physical attack and that's also another thing that i think we need to talk about it's not really violence but it's more like discrimination so we call it shunning um, so they are shunning Asian Americans, meaning that uh, they are discriminating in the sense that they don't want to come close to Asian Americans. They don't want to work with Asian Americans. They don't want to provide services to Asian Americans. So of course, this is not violence, right? Uh, it's not crime. It's not a, a criminal act, but it's still part of the larger narrative of this anti-Asian sentiment. All right, doctor. Okay, from the uh, doctor explanation, so now this actually this session uh this topic is not only anti-Asian but also the uh how we how we spread the awareness of not to be racism, not to be stereotype or prejudice on the people, on the minorities, even though the topic is about anti-Asian, but we need to know that we also practice it, but not on the on the Asian, but the immigrant or another country because maybe because of this COVID-19 and so on. Okay, so I'm sure that uh, Dr. Sid, uh, the anti-Asian sentiment also affect their daily life, right? They are shining on their work, their community, their neighborhood, like doctor, like that. Like they are, they've been shining and discriminated in their daily life, their, their, what, their work day, something like that. Correct, yes. <laughs> All right, doctor, thank you. So the next, is, the next question is, uh, as we know that everything happened, there must be a cause. So what is the history behind the hate sentiment towards the Asian people? Do, uh, does it have something to do with white supremacy or just a factors that cause the anti-Asian movement? Okay, thank you, Aika. This is a very interesting question. If you allow me, I'm going to explain quite quite yes, long yes. on this. Um, right. So if we, if we look at, at history, yeah, um, this anti-Asian feelings is not new um, it has it has been around since the 1800s so if you allow me to go back a little bit in history in american history um, the, the i guess the first kind of uh, legal discrimination i might say we can see in 1875 when they passed the page act this page act is uh, a law that basically bans chinese women 
from coming into the country, from migrating into the country. The reason they did this is supposedly to control loot behavior. So this is another layer, right? So they, the way that they view Asians, and especially Asian women, as um, morally corrupt. So that's another uh, topic altogether. Uh, but yeah, so this is the first kind of uh, discrimination that we can see. But the reason that they did this is because they wanted to um, limit the migration of Chinese families. So why did they do this? Because about 10 years before that, in 1860s, um, America was building this transcontinental railroad connecting the East Coast from Iowa all the way to uh, the Pacific in, in San Fran, San Francisco. And Chinese laborers were heavily involved. I believe about 200,000, something like that, Chinese laborers uh, were part of uh, building this transcontinental railroad. Um, so when that ended, these Chinese uh, migrants found themselves working in low-paying jobs. Okay, So what happens is that now they are competing for jobs with Americans, general white Americans. And then following the 1875 Act, we have the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act. So now they're going general. They're saying no more Chinese immigrant into America in 1882. Total ban. This is the first and only total ban on, on a specific nationality. All right. So we can see this anti-Asian feelings uh, has been around for 200 years. All right, so this 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act ended in 1943, around that. But unfortunately, that is also the period when Japanese Americans were being put away in internment camp. This is during World War II, right? So Japanese Americans who are Americans and we have Japanese Americans working for the American government fighting against the Japanese during World War II against the Germans. But their families are being put in internment camps because they want to supposedly prevent uh, espionage activities. So again, this is something that is not new. Why this happened again? Because of a crisis, World War II. So again, Japanese Americans became a scapegoat, meaning that someone that they can blame, right, for what's going on. There we go in, let's say, 1980s. 1980s was a time when Japanese car makers, automakers were really flourishing. And America saw this as a threat to their um, auto industry. And it was in the 80s that we saw the, the killing of a Chinese-American. I believe his name was Vincent, Vincent Chan. Uh, anyway, he was killed by Detroit uh, auto workers. But he's a Chinese American, not Japanese American. Um, and then we can go on and on. 9-11, after 9-11 happened, it's not, it's Asians, it's South Asians that are being attacked. South Asians, either they're Muslim, they're Sikh, they're Hindus, they became the scapegoat for 9-11. So if we look at all of this history and we come to today, then we can understand what is going on the anti-Asian or specifically anti-Chinese uh, sentiment that is going on is because they're looking for a scapegoat, someone to blame. So it's easy, right? You have this pandemic originating from China, you blame it on the Chinese people. So this is what is going on. 
Um, so back to your high, uh, to Haika's question about um, if this has something to do with rising white supremacy. Yes, the answer is yes. Um, we've seen this rising uh, right-wing nationalist, right-wing supremacy, populism, nationalism in the past decade, I would say. Um, and again, this, this rising um, right-wing sentiment is due to what they viewed as uncontrolled globalization, migration, Asians coming into their country, Asians coming into Europe, Asians coming into America. So they see this as a competition for their job. So we have these calls for, you know, these migrants to return back home. They're closing their borders. This, so this is the rising um, right-wing white nationalist supremacy that you were talking about. And of course, if we talk about this, we cannot avoid um, talking about uh, Trump, right? So Trump came into the picture, competed for the 2016 election. And guess what? He won. So we see that when he won, on this um, rhetoric of white supremacy, people become more emboldened to, to become more racist, basically. So I'll end there first, Aika. Okay, so thank you. So now uh, we see that uh, there's uh, some factors that related with this sentiment, which is anti-Asian, which is because of the competitions on development, or uh, the war, the crisis, and also looking for scapegoat on the problems and also relate also with uh, the white supremacy. Okay, thank you, Dr. Shaza. We move to the next question. Uh, this is the new, the new, the new, maybe the new factor. Did the outbreak of COVID-19 trigger the rise of hate towards Asians? The COVID-19. Oh, thank you, Aka. Um, so, yeah, COVID-19, but I, I won't say like COVID-19 per se, because COVID-19, think about it, affects the whole world. That's why it's called a pandemic. But why is this anti-Asian sentiment is very strong in America? So we need to think about that. So the answer is that it's COVID-19 plus the negative rhetoric by Trump and the Republican leaders. So Haika mentioned it uh, during the opening. He, he mentioned how you know Trump used the term the Chinese virus, the Wuhan virus, Kung flu. So this is actually the trigger for the rising uh, hate crimes in America, not necessarily the pandemic uh, per se. Example that we can see is that um, last year, in March 2020, right at the time when WHO announced that we are facing a pandemic, when Trump first tweeted about the Chinese virus, I believe a few hours after that, about 12 hours after that, we saw an increase uh, trending topic in Twitter about the Chinese virus, uh, anti-Asian uh, hashtags, anti-Asian content. So it relates to my point earlier that people become emboldened, they become braver, braver, right? To voice these racist uh, ideas that they've always had, but now they bring it to the forefront. They bring it to Twitter. Why? Because they see, look, my president is doing it, so it must be right, right? Uh, so there's nothing wrong. So this is the problem, the pandemic uh, plus Trump. And the thing with Trump is that 
he's now out of the office. He's no longer president. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, it was last week that he still blamed the China virus for the bad economic situation in America right now. So do you see what's going on? Um, yes, the pandemic affected all of our lives, including in Malaysia. It affected our economy. But Trump took it further and actually blaming it and calling it the China virus for this um, this downtrend in American economy. And if you allow me, I also would like to mention a bit that last year, when the, the virus started, uh, you know, causing... Right. Uh, yeah, spread and causing lockdowns all over the world, Asian American businesses were actually the first to suffer. People stopped going to Asian American businesses. Um, there was rising unemployment actually among Asian Americans, which is, you know, Asian Americans used to have one of the lowest unemployment rate in America. But because of this, they are being affected, they are being discriminated. So yes, that's the that's the, the long answer to that. The pandemic plus Trump, unfortunately. Okay, thank you, doctor. So actually, yes, we understand that COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, is uh started from China. But actually, uh the real the real causes, the big causes is the leadership of Trump always spread hate and always spread uh uh, uh always said the wrong thing, the wrong uh the wrong thing, the cause of virus is all from China and again and again to to influence the people of Americans to believe that it was China uh, causes the China causes the COVID nineteen. But actually, it it is a virus and China didn't know uh, the virus. It was there and they eat the things year and year and year. And unfortunately, it was last year the virus is going out and caused the thing. and the. Main point here is the the main causes of uh the magnif the magnified of uh anti-Asian is because of the negative leadership Trump in uh his country. All right, so the next question, doctor, due to the shooting incident that took place in Atlanta recently, a new movement called Asians Life Matter emerged and has caught the attention of social media users as it sparked a number of debates regarding the origin of that movement. Apparently, it's, uh, it is derived from the Black Lives Matter, uh, which makes people question and validity of, the validity of using the term Asian Lives Matter. And people were told to use the term Stop Asian Hate instead. So from your opinion, Doctor, uh, from your point of terms in combating hate and violence against the Asian community. How how is that? I'm sorry, Haika. From your point of uh -huh. from your point from from your perspective, how relevant is this issue of using different terms in combating uh -huh. hate and violence against the Asian community? Okay, um, for me, it's it's very relevant because we just discussed about how, um. Trump's use of certain language and rhetoric uh, actually caused this spike, this this uh, rise in anti-Asian sentiment, right? So we can agree that words matter and words are important. So when we have these two terms, Black Lives Matter, and, and now you say that people want to use Asian Lives Matter, um, 
for me, I see as a bit uh, problematic. Um, one thing is that we are appropriating, like you've already mentioned, we are appropriating something that um, is from black culture, from the black movement, is theirs. Um, so don't we should not try to hijack it. But more than that, I think the more important um, point that we need to discuss is that the the experiences of African Americans or blacks in general in America is different from the experiences of Asian Americans. So what am I saying? Uh, what am I talking about? The uh, African Americans, unfortunately, because of the long history of slavery in America that lasted for more than 200 years, they are being looked down upon until today, right? So even after slavery was, was illegal, they still had to fight for their civil rights up until 1960s. And even then, after the passing of the Civil Rights uh, Act also, they are still suffering now. So that is the, the lived experience of um, Blacks in America, unfortunately. So that is why they're stressing on the idea that Black lives matter. Our lives matter. Don't look at us as less, less human. We are just as, as, as human as the whites. Okay. Now, if we turn our attention to Asian Americans, they don't have this similar experience. They didn't come to America as slaves. They come to America as uh, laborers, like I mentioned earlier, migrants, economic migrants. So their situation was much better. Um, and even until today, um, Asian Americans are considered what we call a model minority, meaning that oh, these are the ethnic group, the minority groups that all other ethnic groups in, in all other minority groups. I'm sorry in America should, should follow, should emulate. Because, you know, the Asian Americans uh, fill up uh, quite a high percentage of professional workforce. Um, I'm thinking about Nobel Prize winners. One third of Nobel Prize winners in science from America are Asian Americans. So we can see that Asian Americans are, in a way, put on a pedestal. Um, that you know their their experiences are different from uh, African Americans. So because of this, I don't think using the term Asian lives matter work, right? But if you say stop Asian hate, then uh, I think that is much more effective. That the idea here is, see the problem here is that while they are uh, they look up to Asian Americans, they also use this as a justification to say, look, there's no racism in America. If there's racism, how can Asian Americans be, you know, become so great in America? Um, so this is, again, another thing that I may not want to go into, but this is another problem. So what's going on is that there is Asian discrimination. And this is what is, um, is leading to this violence today. So I think terms matter. And in order to not, Okay, the thing here is we don't want to pit two ethnic groups. We don't want to put the blacks against Asians. We want to bring everyone together. So in doing so, uh, I believe we should stick to stop Asian hate. Don't, uh, don't like I say, appropriate or hijack the Black Lives Matter. All right. Thank you, Doctor. So from this question, this explanation, uh, we understand that uh, stop Asian hate and Black Lives Matter was different because the uh, Black Lives Matter is 
fight for their lives, the lives for the black people. And for the Asian, it's because they hate from the Americans on the Asian. So I agree with what Dr. said to use the stop Asian hate because the cause of the anti-Asian happen is because of hate towards the Asian people. All right. So we move to the next question, Doctor. On March 22 recently, a white man in 50s uh, insulted the protesters of rallying against anti-Asians in Diamond Bar by yelling some slur words to those people. From this small incident, it shows the problematic thinking and views of the Western people towards Asians and how they look down upon Asians. Hence, how can the US government take action based on this occasion to reshape the thinking and mindset of the US citizens into understanding the importance of equality and eradicate the racism issue. Okay, um, so Haika gave you gave a, a very good point there when you said that you know reshaping uh, their thinking about this issue. So when we talk about reshaping how people view uh, things, it's it it's it's a lot of work. That's what I'm going for. You know, it's not something that you can pass a law and make it go away and solve the issue is much more holistic is a societal commitment everyone needs to work together so in this case uh, as you said we can see that racism persists in america so how can we solve this uh, it goes back to education um, you know try to educate uh, the american population that look asian americans not all of them are recent migrants right a lot of them are not just second, third generations, but you know, their their grandparents, their great great grandparents came to America. Um, so they are thoroughly, fully American citizens. So this is the education that we need to do. We need to re-educate the American people that Asian Americans are part of our society. So for African Americans, um, they have Black History Month, which is in February every year. Um, I'm not saying that we should have an Asian History Month, but it's the same idea that we need to educate the people, really put in the effort um, to tell the people, look, this is the contribution of Asian Americans. So I've mentioned earlier about, about well, I've mentioned already mm -hmm. the, the examples, right? The fact that Chinese laborers were the ones that built the Transcontinental Railroad, about mm -hmm. the Nobel Prize winners. So we have Asian Americans that are model citizens of, of, of America. So this is how we need to uh, approach this, re-educate the masses, uh, put it in the syllabus, uh, put it in the school system on what Asians mean to America. Okay, so we gathered here the, <coughs> sorry, so we gathered here the, uh, the government, the US government, some action that can take by the US government, like Dr. Shaza said, is education. The important is education. Start from school, start from kids, and bring them to growth with uh, awareness to stop the hate and hate to action, stop the anti-action sentiments. And the important is stop racism. Okay. So next question is, Doctor. Okay. In this issue, people often are outraged by the authorities' response. For example, the recent case of eight people killed in, in Atlanta and six from them is Asian people. And the, uh, 
the police the police explanations of the criminal was that he was having a bad day. Hence, in a way, what is the measurement taken by the authorities in combating this issue? Okay. Um. So, all right. So I'm going to talk more about uh, what the government uh, does. But going back to that officer, I uh, he once he said that right the day that he said, oh, this guy was having a bad day. Immediately, he was taken off as a spokesperson for the case. So, in this sense, I can see that the the, the government, the authority, is taking quick measurement to really um, reduce tension in the country at the moment. So that was one thing that they did. They reduce, uh, they remove him as a spokesperson for the case. And then uh, last week, we had a congressional a hearing, uh, a three-hour congressional hearing among. Um, members of of um, a house judiciary subcommittee um, so again we see that there is this effort by the american government to combat this issue rather than just whitewashing it um, it was very emotional because on one hand we have republicans that are saying this is our right to speak out against China. But on the other hand, we have a lot of Asian Americans, uh, Congress members who are saying, look, this is impacting our lives. So the government is looking into this. Um, President Biden has said that he uh, wants to quickly create a legislation that um, protect um, ethnic minorities. Uh, Democrats in Congress have also talked about creating um, an office in the judicial uh, judiciary um, department, um, specifically uh, against anti-Asian discrimination. So what I'm saying is that we can see that um, the American government uh, is trying to do something about it. Okay, thank you. So guys, we see this. Uh, so we see this. This issue was uh, also uh, as are uh, known and popular in the American and we sure that like doctor said the government has uh has do a many men uh many action take many action to solve this problem solve this, this issue maybe some of the people some of the like this police uh, uh, still have their have their head on the mm -hmm. people so even though the government do anything but if the people didn't follow uh, the uh, what the the action cannot keep going and go go and and cannot going good uh, cannot being good uh, like like the plan okay so doctor uh, as we know Joe Biden the new president so he is known for his manifesto in promoting world peace are there any possible actions that will be done by Biden's government in addressing this issue. Um, yes, uh, so maybe I should start with um, Biden himself, right? So what is his position? Because we thought earlier leadership is important. So Biden immediately last week, he met with um, leaders from the AAPI community, Asian American and Pacific Islanders um, in, in Atlanta itself. Um, right after that, he gave a speech in uh, Emory University. And in that speech, he... Um, told the audience that remember language matters right what you say have an impact so we can see here that um, Biden is taking a, a shot at President Trump right he's, he's indirectly criticizing President Trump so if we start here we can see that uh, 
President Biden seems to be more uh, serious in tackling this issue. And on top of that, other things that I, I mentioned earlier about um, the legislation that they're working on, the office that they're working on, um, in the Justice Department. So I can see that. Oh, and also, if, if you guys know that yesterday, unfortunately, there was a mass shooting in, in Colorado, right? Um, 10 people died. <clears throat> and right after that, uh, Biden came out with a statement pleading with Congress um, to pass a law that will tighten a background check on those who are interested to purchase guns. So I can see that Biden's leadership anyway, he's serious about taking a much more holistic approach to tackle this issue but how successful it will be uh, that's another story we need we need a bipartisan uh, congress to pass these laws okay so from here we know that biden uh, uh joe biden is uh basically different with trump uh he did what from his manifesto to spread the peace right uh he's better than trump then uh, always insult and always going to do are uh, always giving harsh word on the asian people uh and jobin also try to be the example to the to his people in his country okay so the next question doctor could the politicians in the western countries use this use this sentiment as a manifesto for them to gain their supporters in elections to be popular so how about your what your opinion doctor my opinion is you're you're right um that these leaders um are using uh this anti-asian sentiment um to gain more support um during elections and just you know their popularity to increase their popularity so this is i guess if we discuss about populist leadership right meaning that leaders who uh, base their support uh from from the people that are not happy with the institutions. So the best example, again, we go to Trump. Um, I'll just give an example, right? So uh, when he was campaigning for the 2016 elections, he actually called Mexicans rapists during one of his campaign speeches, right? Um, and you know, using this very negative derogatory term rapist, you know, trying to portray all Mexicans as bad people who come to the country, um, trying to steal American jobs. The thing is, it worked. So this is the point I'm trying to make. It worked. Right after he said uh, he called Mexicans as rapists, there's a rise in um, discrimination against Latinos. Uh, discrimination at workplace, uh, even physical attacks on on Latinos, and we can see the example, the, the the proof in the fact that President Trump won that election in two thousand sixteen. So his um, strategy of using this racist and discriminatory rhetoric um, work to rile up his support base. So now he's doing it is doing the same thing, but you know replacing. Uh, Mexicans with Chinese and blaming the Chinese for for the pandemic and thus uh, again get the support of the people and remember that last year during the election in 2020 he actually got 74 million votes so there's a lot of these people that believe in him believe what he's selling what he's saying um, so yeah uh, it, it's a strategy that works 
Okay, thank you. Okay, now we understand that the that the uh the politicians have the rights to use any sentiments to get their supporters and get their people that or their followers to win the uh votes, right? To win the elections to get the countries. But I think that this sentiment to in the society was very dangerous to be, I think, uh just I think uh, to be dangerous. So uh, for the politicians, must be more be careful and do what he, what the manifesto he said, what 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 the manifesto that he had been promised. Okay, so we move to the next question, doctor. Uh, okay, so does the rise of this hate sentiment in the Western countries could give an adverse impact towards their diplomatic and economic relationship between the Asian countries with the Asian countries? Okay, in my opinion, um, not so. Why? Because firstly, American relations with China is already bad, right? It's, it's damaged uh, due to Trump's um, presidency for four years. Um, so I, I don't see how this event could, uh, how this anti-Asian sentiment could make things worse. Uh, we can see that Last week, there was a summit, right, between Chinese and American officials in Anchorage in, in Alaska. And it was widely reported that the, the, the conversation was, was very cool, very bitter, uh, accusing one another. Um, America was accusing China of, you know, bad treatment of, of the Uyghurs in Xinjiang, of, of Hong Kong, of Taiwan. And in response, Chinese officials um, reminded America that, look, you guys also have bad records in, in treating uh, your minorities in the Black Lives Matter. So it's just a nasty back and forth. But it was also uh, reported that behind the scenes, there were a long discussion among these officials and it was fruitful. So my point here is that um, when they were bickering in front of the camera, that is more of, of a show for their people, right? They need to show, Americans need to show to the people that they, they, they are not friends with China. And the Chinese government also need to show to the people that they're going to be tough with America. But behind the scenes, the statesmen, the politicians, they actually um, know that they need to work together and they're willing to work together. So I don't see this having uh, much of an impact. And if you look at America's relation with other Asian countries, there was the virtual court meeting also last week um, among America with with um, Japan, India, and Australia. So again, relations with Asian countries are more or less going to uh, follow the same trajectory. Okay, <clears throat> now we understand from the explanation of Dr. Shaza about it. So the uh, the hate sentiment is not so not not really not really give impact give bad impact towards the relationship between Asian countries and also the Europe, US, American, and so on. Okay, thank you, doctor. So we move to another question. I think this is the last question. Uh, this anti-Asian phenomenon mostly happens in Western countries where Asians are one of two minorities. How about us? For us in living in, in Indonesia, Indonesia, in Asian country, far away from the situation, you don't face it as a, as a big problem. Is there a way that we can help to solve this issue because it, it was a big issue for, for my for our friends Asian friends in the Western countries. Uh, all right, I think I'm gonna answer this with two points. I think the first point I've already mentioned, which is that 
I mentioned earlier about how remember this is not something that's unique in America. We in Malaysia also faces racism every day. We we have a lot of racist people um, in Malaysia and in other Asian countries. So just keep this in mind. So when you are criticizing America for their bad treatment of Asian Americans or previously their bad treatments of Muslims with Islamophobia, internalize that. Remember, then you also don't don't treat others uh, unjustly, right? You don't be racist. You don't discriminate. So that is one thing that I think a lot of us can learn from. On your question on how we can help, um, I think the best thing that we can do halfway across the globe is to listen. This is the time that Asian Americans are speaking up. They are now letting the world know that we have not been living peacefully in America. We have been attacked, verbally abused. We have been harassed on the streets. They are speaking up. So what we can do is we can listen and believe them because this is what they need. They need support, cross-sectional support from across the globe so that they can actually make their, their voices heard to the American government. So that's it. My advice is for all of us to listen, to read up, to learn about what's going on. Okay. All right. So from this explanation, we gathered that the first thing how we are uh, the first thing to be a better people, we need to improve our ourselves, not to be racism, not to follow what the uh, Western people do to the Asian, to be racism, to be prejudiced on the on the minorities. That's the first step. And the second step, we can listen to the Asian people, their speak, their what, their talk. Yeah, what they are, they want to say, they want to let us to know the problems, the big issues, what they are facing in the Western countries, the outside of the Asian countries. Okay, doctor, uh, maybe we can take one of the uh, audience question, which is how much the media play part in the anti-Asian hatred and how they should actually act to reduce this hatred? All right, thanks for that question to whoever that asked. Um, uh, okay, thanks. Uh, how how the media play a part? The media play a, a huge role. And when I say media, I meant right-wing media, of course, uh, those that are friendly with the Republican Party, for example, Fox. Fox and Friends used to be um, very good to, to President Trump. They are basically the mouthpiece of, of the Republican Party, the conservative uh, part of America, so this conservative media plays a huge role because they repeated what President Trump said. When President Trump called it the China virus, Kung flu, they repeated it. And we know that media has uh, wider access to the masses. So when the media repeats what President Trump says, more people um, saw it, more people uh, heard it. Um, and this makes people believe that, quote-unquote, it's true. Right? If the media says so, then it's true. So it's, it's very dangerous. How we can reduce... Um, I'm not sure the question how they should actually act. Uh, they, I'm not sure who, I guess, uh, the media. Well, then we're, we're going into the realm of responsible journalism, isn't it? Um, because America is famous for its freedom of speech. So we don't want to... Um, you don't want to limit people from, from being able to speak up. Uh, they, can, they can voice their criticism and their opinion 
but they need to do so responsibly. So in this case, uh, one thing that I, I, I might want to point out is that the media should play a bigger role in differentiating between the Chinese government and the Chinese people. So it's fine if American people disagree with the Chinese government, they think that the Chinese government did not do enough uh, to control uh, COVID-19 or, you know, they, they don't agree with the Chinese government's uh, political system. That is fine. You can have disagreement on that. But again, that is the Chinese government, not the Chinese people. So the Chinese people is different. They are a group of people. They are people, right, with feelings. They're not a virus. So I think this is what I meant by responsible, um, media responsible journalism, separating these two. Uh, foreign government and a group of people all right now the now we see that the media also play the, the important role to to stop the hatred to stop the anti-asian movement sentiment by using the, their 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 ability in media but because yes like dr said in uh in western countries in american especially have this the has the like, the freedom of speech, and we as the people who stay in Asia countries need to listen what they are suffer, what they, they face in their in the Western countries. Okay, so Dr. Shaza, uh, would you like to give a final word, a conclusion for this discussion? For all the mm -hmm. questions that we discussed today. I guess my final words would, I would be repeating myself, but I guess my final words would be for us to remember that this is something that all of us can, um, can uh, what's the right word? We are all experiencing it all together. So it's not something that is unique uh, to America. I mean, what I'm saying is that uh, when, when, when America was, was attacking uh, Muslims after 9-11, we in, in Malaysia, we can kind of um, respond to that, right? Uh, we, we are Muslims as well, so we, we can imagine what it's like. It's the same thing here. Uh, we can imagine what racism is like, what discrimination is like. So that it would be my final word. Don't, 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 don't think of this as something far away. Uh, it's actually something that is much closer to all of us. All right, thank you, doctor. So everyone, now we see and know that anti-Asian sentiment is such a big problem, an issue that we need to help and need to take serious actions to solve it because this is the right of human. We need to help all those, even not, a, not an Asian, but whoever had been persecuted, discriminated. And basically, this session, we are discussed about not only talking the awareness of anti-Asian, but also to spread the awareness to stop racism and hate to the people, to the minorities, even though in Malaysia, in Indonesia, or other countries, especially we are in IIUM, we, we have so many different countries, we, we have to be a family, uh, a family. So we, need, we cannot to be racism with them, racism with him, or prejudice, or stereotype with, with the people from the other countries. So, um, because the racism is not good to be practiced, and give very negative impact not not on not only to the community to the people but also to the country okay so we cannot being stereotyped with a racist or ethnicity uh because of some of the people do bad or wrong thing we need, we we want to same all the people do the wrong thing also uh let us think 
how if our family or friends that had been treated with racism and hatred until caused the danger in their life, like, like what the Asian people face in the Western countries. So we need to think it. So why don't we stop hating each other, build relationship and help each other to get development and peace, especially in this pandemic situation. So guys, remember, stop racism, stop or stop spreading hate or hatred, but spread the love. Build the bond, strengthen the ukhuah, and don't forget to spread the da'wah from the love. So that the conclude the end to end of our session. Many thanks to our guests for tonight, Dr. Shaza Shukri, for willing to join us tonight and share your knowledge and explain to us about this issue. And also thank you to our beloved audience for staying with us till the end. Stay tuned for our next episode on uh, next episode on IIUM TV. And for those who will be back to the campus tomorrow, we wish you to have a safe journey and stay safe wherever you are. So that's all for tonight. See you in the see you in the in the next episode of Political Insight. Forty minutes of political knowledge. I am Haikarusli. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you.